Hey guys, we got a really awesome guest uh, today. We got John Hoich coming on, who is almost like a grandfather of Omaha. Sage. Like, yeah, sage, it's yeah. a lot of wisdom. This podcast starts out a little bit um, quiet, slow, and works into one of the most beautiful podcasts we've done. Yeah. Um, definitely stick around and watch this whole thing. Um, even get to hear John sing at the end, so <laughs> you get to watch for that. Um, just an awesome podcast. John has done so much in town. He had a giant landscaping company. Um, around the whole U.S. contracts with the government. He's done a ton of philanthropy work here in, in Omaha, and it sounds like in the nation as well. He's got, what do you say, 2,600 uh, units uh, that he owns real estate-wise for apartment complex and things like that. Survived and just, alcoholic father. He survived an al abusive alcoholic father. He's had a crazy story and mm -hmm. upbringing. Awesome one to watch. Definitely watch this one all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. And just for the listeners out there, this is uh, completely funded by our real estate business. We don't ask for anything in return. It's strictly to uh, get out the voice of some amazing leaders in the Omaha area. So please don't hesitate one second to click and subscribe to this podcast. Mm -hmm. We'd love to keep you uh, unhooked for watching and following what's going on here. Every single podcast we have on is through a lens of bringing value to you and hopefully gleaning some information that will help you in your life, business, or pursuits. So please don't hesitate to click the link and subscribe button. Let your friends and family know about this. That's yeah. how this seems to travel as fast as possible is you're learning from the mouth of the leaders of how they got to where they're at and the trials and challenges they've encountered and how they've overcome them. So please pass it along with your friends and um, can't wait to have you at the, uh, listen to the next show. Let's get into the podcast. So yeah, we, it's, not, it's really a, a casual entry. It's really, we kind of, the idea is you're basically eavesdropping on a really cool conversation with something that's really interesting. That's, you don't get an opportunity to hear talk with people on a regular basis because they're so busy and they're operating at a really high level. So it gives people an insight to kind of just, you know, average Joe's talking to somebody who's beyond average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have a big, we don't have a structure to the podcast. We said not to do it like, so John, tell us about your, yeah, all your processes to get here. You know, it's not like that. It's just more of a conversation we would normally have with you if we wanted to mm -hmm. chat with you or if you chatted with us. Yeah, learn, glean information and uh, kind of how your brain works to get where you're, where you've gotten, you know, and how that growth and the failures along the way or, you know, challenges and growth moments, if you will, you know, so uh, for somebody that's been doing things at such a high level, as, as long as you have, has, I'm sure a lot as a wealth of knowledge that we could definitely, uh, and people listen, we learn from, learn from. Yeah. 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 So you see, so you graduate from West side, you've been in Omaha your whole life. Born in council bluffs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cross the river council, Tucky. January 1958, came okay. over on the Mayflower, <laughs> <laughs> landed in Omaha and pioneered this city. Yeah, with your own bare hands, uh, with grittier teeth. Yeah. And uh, came over, lived at 33rd in Madison uh, with my father and mother and then sisters born, four sisters and a brother. Okay. And lost my brother. He was 21 when I was 31, a bad heart. Oh, wow. Mm. And uh, just had a... Very, very obstructed childhood. It was probably one of the worst that that I've heard, and it was my own, so that wasn't fun. Yeah. So I had a hard upbringing and, and an alcoholic oh, father family. Sure. And uh, grew up in District 66, finally moved to 90th and Westridge Drive area, mm -hmm. and then lived at uh, Westridge for, from about two years old till 16 years old when my mother died of stress from my alcoholic father's mm -hmm. abusiveness. Yeah. Jeez. And so I was in six foster families. Oh, wow. Throughout the Burke and 
in District 66 uh, area from 10 to 19 was a ward of the state from 10 to 19. And mother and father divorced when I was 10. So it was uh, oldest of six kids and and trying to be a, a dad, a brother, and a, and a kid all at once. It's a lot of heavy lifting. Wow. Were you able to stay in contact with your siblings while the years oh, were all the every, every minute, all my life, yeah. Yeah, so that became did. your nucleus and just like your power source. Went to the greatest high school in the world, Westside High School. Home of the John Hoich Alumni Center, well, it's right a, right there in 90th the Pacific. Very honored to be part of that. Uh, the story behind it is is a wonderful thing, uh, helping uh, 34 boys and girls uh, wrote that have written 300-word essays, why they had a life of adversity like I did or their own story and how they overcome it, overcame it yeah. with a hand up and not a hand out that I can give them in a college scholarship. Yeah, that's awesome. So then started that at 30 and um, this year is, will be my 35th year. Oh, wow. So it's, you know, loving on people, giving God the glory and mm -hmm. never giving up and helping uh, those that want to help themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what my whole life has been and focus has been on my own sisters, my brother, and then mm -hmm. and uh, building my business and my twin boys who are 25. I, I express the living a life of appreciation and not expectation, which will change the whole world. Mm. So for somebody that has had so much, at a young age, a lot of heavy lifting, broad shoulders, where did, I mean, that could have went a very different direction. I mean, that's, like, that's, that's my book called From the Ground Up by John Lee Hoich. Over, oh. you know, it's not just business. So it's, uh, you know, instead of feeling sorry for yourself or, you know, trying to make excuses and lies of why you should do drugs or alcoholism or all the different addictions that are out there to choose from. Yeah. Uh, I did choose one called workaholism. Yeah. <laughs> But I kind of look back and find uh, that it didn't help marriage much, but it it did uh, outdo the other addictions, you know, to, yeah. to the outcome, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, was yeah. favorable so that I was able to, in my career, give $8 million back in, in, in kind and money to nonprofits and programs, mm -hmm. you know, to help others with a hand up. That's amazing. Not a handout. It's kind of my continuing goal in life between now and my death and perpetually after with my John L. Hoyt Foundation to continue to help, you know, people in drug, alcohol, mental illness, mm -hmm. and kids that are overcome adversity through mm -hmm. the John L. Hoyt Center for Recovery at the Stevens Center, the Hero Program, uh, Westside High School, um, West and Lakeside uh, Hospital. I think it's a great program with uh, their faith-based programs that they have as a great hospital mm -hmm. and rotary. I yeah. love yeah. suburban rotary, Omaha suburban rotary. I just got this month, uh, my 45th perfect attendance. <laughs> so but there I've given 40 uh, handicap scholarships through the rotary club. Oh, that's, that's cool. Mostly have been West side recipients. So, nice. that, so that was additional to the other kids. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. love helping uh, handicap underprivileged uh, those that are, just have a little bit of struggle, like I did throughout my yeah. life, takes one to know one. Yeah, yeah right. Totally. When you were, uh, you know, kind of bring, bringing it back to the uh, foster care, you said you live with six families. Is that right? Six different fam foster families. So, how did your ability to read rooms, assess situation? I mean, you were seeing so many different dynamics mm -hmm. so rapidly. 
How, I mean, and that was from 10 to 16. So yeah. it was, you know, one for a year, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. she, my mom kept having nervous breakdowns and okay. each time we would all get split up yeah. to different homes and it was tough. So you're, you would get split up from your siblings. Some, in most cases we were all split up a couple towards the end. Uh, my one sister and brother and I were together, but uh-huh. it was very hard on them. Very hard yeah. on me. And today I, uh, try to that we're all together in Omaha except for my brother that died. That's so awesome. was, the yeah. five of us uh, are still very close. That's awesome. What was, sorry? You got, what was the since you were the the leader of the family at that point in time? What what was that message to your younger bro, your younger siblings? Like how did you? What did you? Well, the day that our mother died in the morning as a junior at Westside, the pastor said, "You know that uh, I know you love Jesus. I know you're a godly young man, but at the same time." You can't be a boy anymore. You got to become a man. Oh, wow. And I'm like, at 16. man, I didn't sign up for this. Kind of yeah. like going into Vietnam, you know, yeah. I, mean, I was like signing up for the service. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and it wasn't volunteer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Was, mandatory. Right. It was yeah. mandatory. And yeah. so it was a hard shoes to, to get into. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, quite frankly, uh, I've never kind of got out of them. I mean, yeah. it's still filled with uh, lots of responsibilities my entire life. So... I didn't have as much fun as a kid that I wanted to. And I didn't have as much fun as an adult that I wanted to, because I became that workaholic and building my business mm-hmm. and uh, just sold it a couple of years ago, but yeah. spent 46 years. So are you having it. fun now? I am trying to. <laughs> learning how. Learning how to too, have fun. Right? Yeah. Like learning how to manage that. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Tom Osborne says, I've never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul yet. You know, <laughs> so you can't take it with you yeah. and, uh, you got to enjoy the journey, live in the moment and, uh, have experiences. And I've been educated those three things a lot lately by Jeremy and Justin Hoich, my sons mm. who are identical twins of saying that they want those three things, experiences, mm. live in the moment mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, try to, to uh, see the journey that uh, where you can have fun every day and still be productive. And mm-hmm. so I let them, them do their own thing. They didn't want my businesses or my investments. They wanted to focus their own entrepreneurial That's awesome. things that yeah. they're doing. One's a rock climber and one's a glass blower. Wow. <laughs> so, we were just talking about blast clo- uh, yeah, glass blowing yesterday. yesterday yeah. Yeah. So totally. Scales Glass by Jeremy Hoich. Look okay. on Instagram and okay. Facebook. Scales cool. Glass by Jeremy Hoich. Well, a little shameless plug. A little shameless family, plug for family, his son there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. No, I want to take it. I was kind of curious. You talked about your business that you sold. What business was that? So when my, when my mother died when I was 16, mm-hmm. I inherited a, a Sears Craftsman lawnmower. That was my total <laughs> inheritance mm-hmm. and uh, was in my sixth, sixth foster family. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, I knocked on the door next door to my foster family, the Geshwinder family that founded Randall School of Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were my first mowing customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And then she took me and said, I want you to mow my office. And so I was able to go down and 114th and center where Randall school of real estate that put probably 95% of real estate agents in Nebraska through college, through education. Yep, yep. That was my first customer, her and wow. her husband and Arlene uh, Geshwinder. And she, uh, it was kind of funny. She says, you're going to mow my office. You're going to mow my home and you're going to build my office. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I learned business 101 that yeah. day, how to, how to do it the right way. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh-huh. But it was kind of cute back then. And yeah. I right. kind of grew up understanding it more and more as you yep. try to be 
you know, as prudent as you can with uh, your, your income and expenses. But uh, it was, uh, that was the beginning. And I grew and start mowing yards and start doing apartments for PJ Morgan. And then John Lund went on his own and mm-hmm. I start mowing for him. And still our company still does 45 years later, 50 years, I mowed lawns. Wow. Uh, landscapings, Hoyt irrigation, sprinkler systems, snow removal, and then start mowing uh, Western Electric when I was about 25 for about 35 years. And then, which is now 120th and L to 132nd, uh, was uh, all that 120 acres a week. And then about 33 years old to this day, we still mow off at Air Force Base, which is about 2,300 acres a week. Wow. And then that really grew in about my late 30s. I ended up starting a company with Offutt Air Base called U.S. Grounds in 1988. And the U.S. Grounds did the military mowing at Offutt and the VA hospital. And then my Hoich Enterprises did apartments, Western Electric, uh, office buildings, mm-hmm. SIDs. I mowed probably 50 of them in my life. You know, big, big open common areas wow. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the military mowing then business went on to nine states mowing wow. military bases. Wow. Uh, one time we were mowing like 25,000 acres a month. <laughs> wow. 25,000 so acres a month. I had about 5,000 employees in my career. Wow. And then in 20, 2020, 2021, sold it all off to a young man named Aaron Gunderson, uh, whose family owns Gunderson Jewelry. Yeah. And he did it all on his own with his two brothers and a couple of their buddies and and they kept all of our employees and all the people and gave them some ownership That's opportunities. Awesome. And, and so the legacy will go on, I hope, another 50 years. That's, That's awesome. Cool. So at the time of like selling, how many employees did you have? You said you had 5,000 over your career? Yeah. You know, depending on the, the science company we had, that also was one of them and uh, all the mowing and everything, it was close to 500 probably with everybody wow. involved. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, um, all the different programs, things yeah. we're involved yep. in. And then I was in, uh, involved with proxy bid for 20 years at auction online business. Mm-hmm. And that was an entrepreneurial thing. I was helped be fun to be part of. And, and then bought my first house when I was 18 out of, <laughs> uh, which turned into have involved in 2,300 homes and apartments now. Wow. Do you still own, yeah. own ownership in? And, uh, and was married 11 years, my wife, Denise, but and had the boys. And then she got some of the apartments. So mm-hmm. there was more at one time, but, yeah, right. <laughs> but that was good because she's a good woman, a good mother of my children. And, yeah. uh, and then I was in business with Jerry Slusky, a real estate lawyer. That's the best of the West. And, uh, he taught me so much during our 20 year partnership, Yeah, did about a lot of apartment complexes with him and shopping centers and land development. And, uh, so it's been a very fun ride from the paper route at 10 to working at restaurants to mowing lawns at 16, 16. and never stopped. So, so it's not too late for us yet. Since I was 16, I've been <laughs> self-employed. Yeah. Never. Always been working for yourself since yeah. you're 16. Had my cool. own W-2 to sign to myself. Yeah. Sign well, my own payroll check. That's yep. cool. Hmm. It's so it's, uh, it was, I joined Rotary at 19 and joined YPO at 39 was in that. Uh-huh. And so I've just uh, loved to network and mm-hmm. circulate to percolate is kind yeah, of uh-huh. my fame name. You know, that uh, one of my best lines that 
the more you circulate, the more you percolate. Totally. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of ton of truth to that. I got it when I was a young kid watching Folders Coffee, and it would percolate the mm -hmm. coffee pot, and I went like, "That's me." Just never, stop. never stop. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I what, like that. What uh, What's been your like kind of something you love to hang your hat on to this day? I mean, you have so many things that you've done. You're like, man, I not my wildest dreams. But I think I could have done that, and then it happened. You well. Know? You know, I've, I served 18 years on the Omaha City Planning Board, I think oh, the wow. longest wow. in history. And I learned so much during that time with almost four terms of being blessed to be re reappointed by the Douglas County Board. I was the first one to represent the Douglas County Board, but be on the City Planning Board. Hmm. And those years were so rewarding to being able to see all the huge developers that are so much smarter than me and and so geniuses of so many developers that have made Omaha a beautiful city mm -hmm. and, and Douglas and Sarpy County and grow the way it has. Uh, of course, city of Omaha was Douglas County, but I mean, so much of our growth in the city has just been unbelievable with so much talent and so much vision and to be able to be part of that and vote for it and then see it happen and, and watch it happen and watch it get done. Mm -hmm. That was a big, big excitement for my life. It was a non, you didn't get paid to go. You did get $6 for your lunch, but, but <laughs> Brown back it lunch. was a wonderful time. Hmm. You know, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, business isn't always so fun, you know, uh, especially the business I was in was a tough business. You know, mm -hmm. you had a lot of equipment, a lot of labor, a lot of yeah. contracts. And so, I would really enjoyed that part of my life. And then I sat on at least 30 charity boards and I loved every minute of that. And today I still sit on about a half a dozen. And then I've for the last almost seven years have been the vice president of the Charles E. Lakin foundation. Mr. Lakin was one of the, uh, was at one time the largest continued farm owner of the state of Iowa. <laughs> and I start mowing his lawn and met him when I was 16. And now, uh, his uh, son, Charles Lakin III, and his daughter, Debbie, and and uh, some other board members, we uh, together, Steve Wild, we are all on the board of running the foundation in Council Bluffs, Iowa. So we give six counties in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and Douglas and Sarpy, uh, helping people with a hand up mm -hmm. and, a, and not a handout, just almost in the mission statement I've had my whole life is parallel to the Lakin foundation mission statement. And so I spent about 40 hours a week doing that for the last few years since I sold the business. I've mm. been doing that and just love it every minute of it. It's so rewarding to be able to help make money in my, in my own foundation that I yep. still give a lot. And then the Lakin foundation and to see the beautiful things we can do with families and resilience and need mm -hmm. of hunger and sex trafficking and drugs, alcohol, mental illness, all those different programs helping and giving them a hand up and uh, hope that their transition in life can be heroes. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> I, I've got to imagine when it comes to the city planning board, dealing with pretty big egos, people are trying to make some things happen that probably, they're probably, you probably over those 25 years on the board, you saw 18, 18, years. sorry, 18 years. You just probably saw some interesting exchanges of individuals. Well, every time you, almost had a vote. Somebody was winning and somebody was losing. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time it was some land that was next to a neighbor 
It's this existing neighborhood. It's yeah, been there yeah. for 30 or 40 years or five or 10 years. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden it's time to turn that into a strip mall or an apartment complex or right. a church. Or, uh-huh. And they go, no, that's supposed to be parkland. <laughs> right. Yeah. You yeah. know, that somebody was paying taxes on for all those years. And yep. the neighbors just, you know, we, we were real bad people for allowing a vote to go to city council and preliminary and final plat, you know, to be able to build whatever was going to go there because it was supposed to just stay green and then dog right. could go run on it and right. kids yeah. play on it. And <clears throat> probably was the hardest one. Nobody wanted anything in their backyard, no matter what it was. It makes sense. Yeah. And so, and in some cases, I don't know, you know, that we never did support what needed to be done, but there was some, some cases and that's why we existed to, to understand that maybe you wouldn't want to put a certain type of use next to a certain use, you mm-hmm. know, a bar next to a daycare. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. so those yeah. kind of yeah. things, we also used common sense. Yeah. Turns, we turned them down. Yeah. Right. And later that something went there that was, you know, that mutually beneficial to all concerned. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hmm. What's uh, some of your favorite projects? You said just a number of land development stuff. What's some of your favorite projects you've done? And that really, you know, really. Uh, Jerry Slusky and I, did a lot at the lakeside okay. development and oh, we cool. called an area called Tivoli where Hampton is uh-huh. Hampton Inn is uh, uh-huh. we built that together and uh I, we did uh, a lot of uh, shopping centers together and and uh I did, um helped finish I bought myself uh, uh the Greyhawk mm-hmm. development at 144th and Maple with a partner and uh and uh, bought that from Cormac okay. when things were going bad during the recession, which mm-hmm. were the hardest days in my life. And mm-hmm. just before the recession, bought that. And where Lowe's Michael Red Robin mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And sold it before things got real got, before things bad got better. during 08 to 12. So I learned so much there. Uh, and then Southport, uh, I did with Joe McDermott of Loveland Lawns. He was my partner, mm-hmm. who I bought all my lawn fertilizer and seed from. Uh, mm-hmm. And we developed... Uh, what was started by Ron Smith back in 2000 Southport out mm-hmm. there by Cabela's. Yep. We did the, the area where PayPal and securities of America yeah. we developed all that and still own about eight acres together left there. Okay. So you, I built, you, I built the, personally built the shopping center where pizza West beyond mm-hmm. golf and that oh, is. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so that's, that was a very successful development, but we thought we'd be in and out in five years. It's been 23 years. <laughs> One thing I did learn that nothing goes really the way you plan it. So when yeah. somebody says, oh, cash flow projections, real estate projections, and you say five years, 10 years, just double or triple or quadruple it. And <laughs> then you may be more accurate. Then you might right? be more accurate. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, they were all rewarding. Um, there was some bumps in all of the roads. Yeah. But that does, that just makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You said, mentioned the recession. Uh and obviously you've rebounded, uh, but what what was that like when things were going crazy with the markets and stuff? It was hard. I mean, you know, a sleepless nights in Seattle, or I mean, Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> I learned what the uh, pop-ups were. Uh, a guy once told me, uh, Elliot Gosh, one time when we, we was building a building and he says, you ever had the pop-ups? I said, what's a pop-up? You've never had it? No. What's a pop-up? <laughs> so well, when you get someday when the, Going gets tough in the real estate market. You pop up out of bed at two in the morning. You can't get to sleep again. <laughs> Dude, is that what's happening this? right yeah, now? That might be what's happening. Oh, I've been telling just like before you showed up. I said, 
God, I don't know what it is, but in the last like three Literally, or four he said days, 2 a.m. too. I have been getting up on the spot at 2 a.m. wide awake. <laughs> And I'm like, you know I, the disease now. I might yeah. have the pop-ups, man. Having the and pop I've been real. I was like, I don't know, maybe. And Christian's in town, so we've had a lot of ideas flowing around with everything. And yep. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the pop-ups. Pop, case of pop-ups. The 2 a.m. pop-ups. The 2 a.m. pop-ups. Well, it, uh, I, I had it yeah. for about four years. And, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, I was just was on a show recently, and a friend of mine named Chris Held from Dial Realty is one of the most successful senior living uh, owners in Omaha. And uh, he really helped me a lot one day. I went and had lunch with him and he, you know, and you have all these shopping centers and Lehman Brothers had, Jerry and I had loans with them. I had loans with them. Mm. And they went, you know, out of business, 4,000 employees sent home. And I think it was November 8th of 08. And we had about eight loans from them, myself and, and with other partners and, you know, $60 million of the debt, you know, and they wanted to to get new loans and, you know, and tenants were folding, like lawyers were calling saying the tenants needed a rent reduction. And my heart was out for all of them. And, you know, and then gave them a rent reduction. And the next call from the lawyer was, well, they've, they're filing bankruptcy. You're not going to get anything and 10 cents on the dollar or whatever the equipment is. And it was just so hard because I didn't cause none of it. Right. Yeah. You know, right. and uh, right. the banking crisis and the retail crisis. And I, you know, I learned leverage is not good, but, but leverage is healthy if it's, you know, it works when it works and it doesn't work when it when don't it work. work. And, totally. yeah. and so I learned so much, but uh, the biggest goal I had through it all is, you know, it, you know, it's like what Chris said that day, he says, well, if you owe the bank a million, you got a problem. When you owe the bank sixty million, you both got a problem. <laughs> and that's it, a good point. And it really that's worked out that you know working with the banks and working through it all, and not a judgment in my life or lawsuit. It's just working with them, and we both took hits, yeah. you know, and stress, and and together uh, we worked it all out mm-hmm. so that everybody can hold their head up, but but get through a tough time. Yeah, and uh, it makes the tough the the good times really feel a lot better, so that. I'm not getting the pop-ups and I get eight hours yeah. of sleep. <laughs> yeah. But I learned the biggest thing I learned that I preached to tons of people, adults and younger people, that net worth means nothing. Ego and boastfulness and arrogance, all that is just garbage. It's nobody cares what you got. They want what you got in many ways, you know, whether it's a, you know, uh, yeah. they want success. Everybody's hungry for success. Well, what is success? It's very many things. It's mm-hmm. not only money. It's achievements, it's goals, it's reaching your dreams, but all that is individualism. So that your net worth and what net worth is, I grew up thinking that's how you counted success. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Warren Buffett's worth this and Howard Hughes was worth this. And, you know, all these names I, when I grew up, you know, Donald Trump's just, you know, all yeah. these people were, it was all about net worth. And, and then I realized uh, as I was, had no mom, no dad, no leaders to teach me, hmm. I just thought that was the score. Huh. And when 08 to 12 came, I realized net worth, I had a lot of net worth mm-hmm. and it did help to get yeah. through it because yeah. I had more assets than, than liabilities. Right. 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 But at the same time, I realized I had a bump, a major bump of no cash flow. Yeah. And I realized that cash flow is much more important than net, net worth. worth. Mm-hmm. And from 08 to 12's lesson, I lived that for the rest of my life. And I, preach it every day. 
Cash flow. You know, watch, watch your cash flow and not even worry about your net worth. Like Warren Buffett says, don't even look at your stocks for one, except for once a year. And I'd say you could do the same with your net worth. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense to me anyways. You were able to then pivot your business model way more on cash flow. What did that change and transition look like? Well, my goals were no longer building net worth. It was building off, paying off every loan I had. Okay. And I did. So I have, you know, basically no loan. I have no personal debt hmm. and haven't had for a long time. Wow. And it feels damn good. Yeah, that's wow. awesome. That's awesome. Hmm. You still have debt in some of your buildings? You still have debt on any of your buildings? Any I of your have units? debt on two pieces of real estate is all left. Wow. So the rest wow. is all paid off. And both of those are, one's coming paid off in 2028. And the other one's a longer government mm -hmm. uh, bond, uh, the military housing that Burlington okay. Kaplan and I own 50-50 down at Offutt Air Base. We cool. have the 1,954 homes we rent to the military. And that's, that's got awesome. a long-term bond on it, but it's non-contingent debt. Okay. Uh -huh. So we're not personally liable. So that helps that's you not have pop-ups. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty solid. Not as yeah. worried about it. Huh. What do you do for fun now? What have you been trying to do for fun? I've uh, got my concealed weapon license. <laughs> so I've been going shooting a lot. Yeah. Learning uh -huh. how to just. Uh, Where at? Where do you have to shoot at? At the Marksman in Waterloo. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I live at Valley on a lake called mm -hmm. Timber Shore. And so I. Loved a boat, just ordered a new pontoon. Nice. And uh, my friend Milton Yen that owns Hero 88, he's my neighbor, and we go fishing and golfing at the Pines and Valley. And mm -hmm. so I love to golf, love to yep. fish. I bought some property in Florida, assistant living. And so I've been, that was a good excuse to force my workaholism to go addiction to go to Florida more <laughs> often. So Where I, in Florida? Uh, Tampa and Cape Coral. Nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. By Fort Myers, Naples. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I've been doing that for a few years now. I want to do it more. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, so I love to golf, love to uh, Colorado and uh, the mountains there. I love to snow ski a little bit and and uh, so just some travel. Yep. And my twin boys and I are really close, uh, Jeremy and Justin, and we try to do a lot together. And mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love God and go to church on Sundays. And yep. And uh, go to the YMCA in Valley. I like to work out and stay alive and <laughs> mm -hmm. healthy. And yeah. that's the, so God first, family second, and work third. Yeah. yeah. Did and, you, uh, what, uh, when you, from all the years since you've been self-employed, you mentioned a couple of people have kind of, you've been able to partner with and learn from. Other than those people, who who have you had a really great intimate relationship with that's just been a, a confidant mentor? You know, being in Rotary, which is the greatest thing that everyone should be, is in a service club mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to give a service above self, not be selfish, but help others. Uh, if I have any legacy that I want is just that I died. Everybody said, that, you know, that I cared more about others than myself. Hmm. Uh, sometimes you got to take care of yourself, but for sure. but I'm always there for everybody else. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have it any different. And... uh so it's just, uh, you know, caring about others, helping others, um, being there for others and uh, living life to the fullest. I don't know. Yeah. Do you spend so much, a lot of time with your sisters now still too? Yeah. Yeah. I love them. And, uh, and the mentors that I've had in my life, I mentor probably at least 
50 different types of people in different walks in life, females, males, young and old. Uh-huh. I, God gave me the gift of uh, doing that. I love yeah. that gift that I can just let them try to figure it out with my thoughts. I give them the thoughts and let them take it home whatever it is, a personal or business or whatever. And I enjoy that to give time to people. You know, you Mm -hmm. can donate. I I like to donate, but I also think that, you know, that I know a lot of people that donate money and and never help anybody. Yeah, It's easy to write a check, but it's hard to give of your time. Yeah. And so I really enjoy giving them my time. And I do honor those that gave me their time. Mm -hmm. I had some great mentors, uh, in my lifetime that I respect. And, uh, you know, PJ Morgan was one in the, my earlier days and John Lund, um, Alan Simon yeah. that owned Omaha steaks, uh-huh. you know, was one of the ones that I uh, really loved uh, Howard Hawks from Tanaska, um, Joe McDermott of Loveland lawns, a lot of these people that took time for me and, and, uh, cared about, you know, talking to me, helping me through it. Uh, there was a doctor named Dr. John Allily, who was an anesthesiologist that every time I left, he, you know, I'd walk, drive away or walk away. I'd say, well, why did I go talk to him? I already knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he always had a gift to make it all your own idea. And I tried yeah. to always learn how to do what he did because he was so good at, I'd go and see him and say, how do I fix this problem? And, and he would get it out of me. Right. How to fix it. Cause we all know. I was about to say, I feel like every time I have an issue, we have an issue that comes up in business or whatever, you always know the answer intuitively somewhere. You just got to implement it. You sh- and you got to find, yeah, totally. You just got to do it. it. Yeah. how do you, so <clears throat> a lot of people these days, um, I talk to people all the time and, and the, the concept of a mentor might be either a little foreign or, you know, somebody says, oh, I don't really read books. I don't need to do that. Or, you know, they get down these rabbit holes, like they do it all themselves. But how, how have these people, or how did you go about creating these relationships to have this mentorship? From mentoring to mentee, how did you, how did you huh. go about creating that? Well, I mowed all those guys' yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was a blessing. I mean, I mowed them all, and I and I became their, and, and, and so how did I build a large lawn business so large that I did? locally and nationwide mm-hmm. was relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was not one that just, I'd always ask a lot of questions. My mom, before she died at 39, Rebecca, my mom's name was Becky. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always say, honey, she'd say, if you don't ask, you'll never know. Mm. And those words mm. never left my brain. So yeah. I've always asked questions. Yeah, I've always surrounded myself with smarter people than me. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to be humble and and give other people the credit, and uh, and anything that's been named after me is a story, not for ego, but you know the Stevens Center, the Hoyt Recovery Center, was where my dad's bar was, right where the bar was. It was hmm. tore down and built a recovery center right there, wow. helping thirty two awesome. women and thirty two men for drug, alcohol, mental illness. It's a story. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Westside with the Hoyt Alumni House is you know the, they let me stay there. When I was in Burke District, and 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 I came back and helped all these kids that that are helping themselves, why the help a hand Mm -hmm. up, yeah, and all their names are in there, and so there's a story, and so all the things that are named after me, and if there's anything in the future, I want it to relate to a story and not just names and lights. It doesn't to me that's not the issue, that's not the point, Mm -hmm. but to to that it'll give people faith that Mm -hmm. if that kid could do it, that had no mom, no dad, and a lawnmower. 
Yeah. Hell, I can do it. Right. Yeah. One time I told this husband and wife the whole story, how I became a multimillionaire, millionaire at 30s when I made my first million. And I was telling the couple the whole story. And then the guy called me the next day. And I said, he goes, John, how are you? I go, good. He goes, guess what my wife bought me today? I go, what? A lawnmower. <laughs> so, so Time to get to work, to, right? Get yeah. to work. Yeah, yeah get to work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. You that know? is and, funny. And, uh, but, you know, every everybody had a paper route in the lawn service. Yep. Yeah. You know, I went to UNO for two years, business and real estate, entrepreneurship, uh-huh. and then took another couple of years of different part-time classes, but but mainly business, real estate, and, 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 uh, and drug, alcohol, mental illness. I wanted to run know why my father was an alcoholic. Mm. I've never smoked anything in my life, hardly drank. And uh, I've just spent my whole life trying to understand addictions and trying mm-hmm. to understand how to help others so that they it's a can tough one. transition their it's life a to a, an established life and in a normal life. And that's hard enough. <laughs> what know? have you found? If you, so you've been working on this forever. I have um, someone close to me, their relatives that are struggle with alcohol a lot. So what have you found has been like the key to that you've seen to help with that with alcohol? They can only help themselves. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I, I found. I mean, yeah. all I can do is be loving and supporting and uh, give them them a, a, at least a vision what mm-hmm. it's like to not have that problem. I never had that problem, but my dad did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I knew that it killed him. He died at 57 from a, two wives and nine kids uh, wow. he died bankrupt um, at 57. He weighed 260 and he died of cirrhosis of the liver at, and he weighed 70 pounds. Oh wow. my gosh. So, you know, it, uh, what kind of miserable life yeah. cirrhosis of the liver, he rotted to death, yeah. but he was a violent drunk. He beat me every day from five years old to 11, threw my, tore me out of my bed at night, throw my head through drywall. Jesus. Spit in my face, telling me I was a no good, rotten little bastard and would never amount to nothing. So I never had any loving father. He beat my mother at the same time, so she couldn't help. So my self esteem growing up was very low. Yeah. And living in a District 66, where every where I had a Schwinn bicycle and everybody else had a Trans Am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of them did. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I mean, it was like hard. Yeah. You know, insecurities and all that. Totally. So I'm man enough to know. And man enough to admit that, you know, it wasn't easy mm-hmm. and, and it made it even harder overcoming adversity, but I never gave up. And uh, my dreams were to have everything and anything that I want, uh, you know, but even though now I can buy anything and have anything I want, I'm still very prudent and don't need things to show off. If I have extra money, I'd rather help somebody That's cool. or their family or friends, you know, than not... Uh, it's uh, like you said, no one's ever taken it with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like maybe part of like your dad being that way and that insecurity is what drove you to do what you've done in a way? A thousand percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I ever, my sons have told me both when I wanted to sell them the business that went over about five seconds. And they said, <laughs> we don't, they said, we don't want your job in stereo. They're twins. And they, in stereo, they said, we, don't want your job. I go, what's my job? They go, you're a workaholic. And they said, we want experiences. We want to have, uh, you know, to be able to have the journey of doing what we love to do. And you gave us that opportunity. Mm. You didn't have it, but you've given that to us. For them to give me the acknowledgement and the love that I've been able to let them be 
what they want to do and not awesome. hate what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. hated what I did most of my career because it wasn't easy. It was yeah. hard to constant grind, to grind, yeah, huh? yeah. constant grind. And you know what it is. Uh, we all know what it is today to, to have equipment. You know, it's so expensive to have yeah. employees that are motivated and want to work or, or not motivated <laughs> yeah. and, and trying them to, to understand, to, to work hard and, and to yeah. be happy and, but also to make the customer happy, which yeah. is number one, Right. you know, and it's hard, very hard. The service business is hard. Yeah. The biggest need in the, in the world is trades more yeah. than entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, yeah, totally right. You know, everybody always wants to own their own business, but nobody wants to do the work. And yeah. so yeah. it's, so my goal is to, to support a lot of programs that help transition people to say, I can be a tradesperson, you know, yeah. and whatever that is. And so, and the, I have and, some friends in the trades, man, that go, you go from like the ultimate thing. I think you go from trades to then owning a business in the trades. If you want to be entrepreneurial, learn to be a plumber then start a plumbing company. Like I have some friends that have started plumbing companies and they are crushing it. Yep. Crushing it. Well, every, you yeah. know, you can do both. You yeah, can, exactly. Can yeah. start it and own it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody. If but even if there was everybody owned everything they did, it was great. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. I know a guy that sells hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but and I, he does pretty well. You yeah. know, it's just that you gotta love. If you love what you do, that old saying, then it's not work. And yeah, right. I never could say that till now. Yeah. The uh-huh. foundation really? that I'm involved in now with the Charles E. Lakin Foundation. Since I started, I've loved every moment of it. I love the apartments that I own and, mm-hmm. the, and the real estate that I own. And I just love doing what I'm doing. I always loved real estate. Love yeah, that, yeah. you know, except for in 08. 08 to 12. <laughs> 08 to 12. <laughs> yeah. The retail sector was tough. Yeah. Well, how tough not was a, it? You know, offices, office buildings are tough. We yeah. had a couple of those. <clears throat> retail was very tough. Yeah. Apartments I love because I understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Buffett says if you understand what you do, you know, that stay in what you know. Yeah. 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 Buffett says if you fail, failing is only getting down, not staying down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I've take we've been so blessed to have Warren Buffett in this in, in our lives and mm-hmm. in Omaha, but but listening to him yeah. and learning is what it's about. Now what is Charlie Munger, is. man. I've Munger. read yeah. Munger's book books a couple of times. Oh really? Yeah. I think Charlie Munger is almost like a secret the secret sauce of the company sometimes I feel like. Well they yeah. they, they, they go say, off of each other. Yeah, they yeah. say common sense things. Yeah, so totally. I have, in my book I have hoichisms. Okay. You know, and uh instead of saying I coulda, shoulda, woulda, I say I did a did a did a <laughs> I love that. I yeah. Love it. And just yeah. all the different things that we've all do every Dang, day. How do we look at it a different way, yeah. positive way, and not have people at, wanting to feel sorry for you, but to hold, but to motivate with you, and you motivate them, and, mm-hmm. and everybody wins. Yeah, it's awesome. So it sounds like moving forward, you got a pretty clear, clear path of what you're going to do. Yep. From now on, you're going to buy low and sell high. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. But you're going to stay involved with. Um, I guess I'll call it philanthropy work, right? Yeah, I would say that, you know, my, again, God is important in my life. Yep. Um, my trainer at the YMCA kicks my butt yep. several days a week. And it's good. You need that, to right? Stay healthy, <laughs> drink a lot of water, yep. get eight hours of sleep and yeah. stay away from the pop-ups. Stay away from the pop-ups. <laughs> stay pop-ups. And uh, love on your family and, you know, unconditionally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, have appreciation and not expectations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, give back all you can and help all those and give time to others. 
especially when they need it. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow I'm burying a really close friend of mine that mm. was a third owner of Applied Underwriters that mm. sold out to Buffett. And he was only 54. He died last Wednesday. Oh, wow. Clay Cox. So mm -hmm. please be with the Clay Cox family yeah. and prayers. Yeah. And we're burying him tomorrow at 54. He had a sudden heart attack. And Dang. he was helping Ron Carson and, you know, with Carson wealth Enterprises mm -hmm. and Wealth. And uh, I talked to him almost every day. He'd text me or call me. Wow. And for the last 16 years, we've been friends. And I'll really miss him. And uh, his son, Kayla, was in college with my son at UNO in the same dorm. And uh, and the entrepreneur program that I'm, I'm on the board at UNO for 25 years in the, in the College of Business Advisory Board. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, and it was uh, so, UNO has been wonderful and Caleb went there and Clay and I were so proud of our boys and we just talk often. He's got a daughter, Avery, 21 and a beautiful wife, Chris. And it's just been a hard few days, but it's been a wake up call to realize he had a lot of money. He had no debt, sold his business to Buffett. Not too many people yeah. have done that. <laughs> and at the same time, unfortunately, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. And so then it another wake up call that those three words that I really hate hearing all the time, but life is short. Yeah. So what true. do you do to make the best of it? Mm -hmm. And how can you make it a better place? And what's your legacy when you pass? Mm -hmm. Kind of on that, I was curious, going back from everything in your life, is there anything you would change? Well, I love karaoke. <laughs> so if I could have been a singer and went all over on cruise ships and saw yeah, the yeah. world, I think that'd have been fun. Okay. That would have been cool. <clears throat> so can you carry a tune? Yeah, I love to sing. Do you? That's cool. And play the guitar a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting better a little bit okay. at a time, but <laughs> what's that? If you're like, you know what? Why don't you dial that song up? I'm gonna nail that one right now. That karaoke. Oh yeah, what's your what's your go to song? What's your go to song? Probably Suspicious Minds by Elvis. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Love Elvis. Interesting. Did you see the new movie on it? Yeah. What'd you yeah. think? It was, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever see him in concert? No. No. It was, he died when I was 18. Okay. And I uh, wasn't fortunate with, yeah. to see it. That's when I was still on welfare and food stamps. So yeah. I didn't get that opportunity. But, yeah. you know, I was, uh, but, you know, he was a great, a great man, and yeah. some of the greatest are gone. We all know that. And, yeah. Seriously, and uh, it just makes me think with what you just talked about your friend passing, and we were talking about I don't know if it was yesterday or what, but about this little we both have young kids about this little baby that passed at five months old from a condition, yeah. and I'm just like thinking, not many things really matter, you know. There's not too many things that really matter. Yeah. In the, in this life, and we make big deals out of these little things. What the world needs now <laughs> is love, sweet, sweet love. love. That's what matters. True. That's right. True. Well, I think that was the perfect way to wrap this up. I want to yeah. be, you know, uh, appreciative of your time and coming here. I really, really, really oh, appreciate you coming awesome. here and yeah. doing this with us. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for reaching out to the world wherever this goes and whoever yep. hears yeah. it. Yep. Never give up. Yeah. Love on your family and friends. Put them as an importance above yourself, service above self, and uh, and uh, get a good night's sleep, drink yeah. a lot of water, and say your prayers before you go to bed. Stay away from pop-ups. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks John. John. Appreciate John. it, man. Appreciate it. God See you guys. You. Thanks, man. Sweet. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching the podcast. Really appreciate it. 
as always, if you got any real estate related things that you need, this show is fully sponsored by our personal real estate business. Um, hit below where it says schedule a call with us, get on our personal calendars, call, text, email us, whatever's best for you. Happy to help in any way we can on the real estate side of things. Thanks guys. Peace.